Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Project Loving Myself podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. I think a lot of people are afraid to come out or afraid to accept themselves because they, they're going to feel like the people they've been close to their whole lives, they've been lying to them. Take it one step at a time and just do not be pressured. <laughs> You're listening to Project Loving Myself podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Project Loving Myself podcast. My name is Sanaya, and I am a life designer, well-being coach, and founder of the Third Eye Wellness Center in BJC, Philippines. So each week, I'll be sitting down with different well-being influencers, advocates, experts, and thought leaders to share their wisdom, knowledge, and inspiration drawn from their own journey of personal growth and transformation. So my guest today is someone that I've been following on social media, someone that I know personally as well. And I have been really moved and inspired by a lot of the things that he's been writing about. So I'm going to read you a quote from something that I picked up from his social media just to give you an idea on why, why I felt he was the perfect person to be on the Project Loving Myself podcast. Now more than ever, we need to open our eyes and to feel empathy for those who might be in situations different from ours. I know it might be scary or uncomfortable to make statements about things we believe in, but fear and discomfort is where growth comes in. So my exciting guest is BJ Pasquale, on this episode, we're going to talk to him about finding his voice. BJ Pasquale is Manila's go-to celebrity fashion and portrait photographer who has done over 300 magazine covers and has garnered an immense body of work from local and international publications and advertising clients. Aside from being a fashion photographer, BJ was also named one of the country's most fashionable individuals. And you just have to follow him, follow him on social media to see that. He's recognized for his edgy, playful, and androgynous sense of style. He's also a published author of a book called Push, Muses, Mischief, and How to Make It in Manila, published in 2015. BJ Pasquale is a proud member and vocal advocate of the Philippine LGBTQ plus community. He's openly gay and a role model at that. He feels that it's important for young gay Filipino people to know that it's all right to be out and to be proud. BJ Pasquale hopes that people will not only see him as one of the most celebrated and sought after fashion and portrait photographers, but also as someone who will use his voice to influence and encourage people to do what is right for the community. So here we go. Welcome, BJ, to the Project Loving Myself podcast. Thank you for I being here. Thank Hi, you BJ. for that beautiful intro. That should be my new official bio. <laughs> it's so easy to find amazing things to say about you. I mean, from oh, all the articles you've done, there is just so much there. And, um, you know, it really speaks to how much of an influence you've already been with the people um, who've been following you, who've been listening to what you have to say. So I'm really Thank looking you. forward to sharing more of uh, what's going on in your space, um, sharing what you've been through and all the things that you have learned from in your journey. 
So let me start with what inspires you. I want to talk about inspiration because mm -hmm. I see your photographs and they are just beautiful. Okay. Your covers mm -hmm. are amazing. So where do you get all this inspiration for you to be able to create such art in your work? Well, I get inspiration, I think, just like any other creative from literally anywhere. But I guess my process is I really get inspired by um, the people I shoot. Because I mostly shoot fashion and um, portraits, right? So I really am drawn to my subjects. And I think that maybe comes from, because when I was a kid, I've always been drawn to, to women, especially. Um, I would always, you know, draw like Sailor Moon and or like um, women in like fancy dresses. So I've always been obsessed with that kind of like beauty, but like, I guess, like my family did not really approve of it. <laughs> like they didn't really encourage my creativity. So, um, so it was really repressed for a while. So I guess when um, I got into photography, I really, um, really got into it. Like the, the conventional beauty in the beginning that I had a really conventional, um, view of beauty, especially growing up in the province and everything. But I think with photography, um, it opened my eyes to um, much more uh, versions of beauty. So yeah, okay. I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's, I'm just really inspired by beauty <laughs> in all well, forms. How did you deal with that, BJ? You mentioned that, you know, as a child that you weren't allowed to really, you know, express your creativity. And it was it was a little bit more repressing, especially, you know, the notions of beauty and what a person should be doing. How did you deal with that? Considering, I'm sure, as a creative person, you know, that creative creativity was like part of who you are. Mm -hmm. So how did you um, deal with that? <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I, I'm lucky to, to have been surrounded by like am other amazing women in our house. Um, so um, some of like my grandparents, because they were, of course, from another time, they really didn't, um, uh, how can I say it? They didn't really support my interest in, you know, um, fashion, because I was wearing a lot of like women in clothes, right? Um, right. But there are other women in the house, like the, our house help, who would always like encourage me to do um, those things. So I would do it in secret. Um, so yeah, I guess that's how I cope because I I could still do it on the side without really um, my my family knowing about it. <laughs> and I guess that's how I approached everything I love to do um, up until I came out. <laughs> And do you think that being repressed kind of helped that creativity to really like blossom? You know, because I know that a lot of people believe that challenge and, you know, difficulties, they make you better, you know, they make you stronger, they push you to do more. So do you think that, yeah. you know, set the stage for you? I, I really think so. And I think it uh, speaks a lot of um, LGBT, the members of the LGBTQIA community. Like I, you see a lot of like, uh, gay people really excel in their fields because there's much more pressure. Like we, like if I want to do anything, especially if my family doesn't approve of it, I better do it really, really well yeah. to prove them <laughs> that yeah. it's worth doing. So I guess I think a lot of the members of our community have that um, passion in us just because we were repressed. <laughs> exactly, and I and I think that it's also interesting because you know. When, when you are repressed, you don't take it for granted. You know, every mm -hmm. chance, every opportunity you get, for you, it's, you know, that's the opportunity. You can't afford yeah. to mess up. And I think that's what's really interesting is because it's not just, you know, the um, LGBTQIA, mm -hmm. am I saying it correctly? Yes. Plus community, right? It's yes. not just that community, but there are a variety of different communities that mm -hmm. are repressed all over the world and I feel yeah. like you know people who are coming from that that place of having to prove themselves they work a little bit harder because things mm -hmm. aren't handed to them and yeah. and perhaps that makes the success taste even a little bit sweeter do you do you feel mm -hmm. that way what what do you think of yeah, that maybe yeah I think so um and I also think that can be a source of like some problems also yeah um because when you yeah, because when you really get the taste of success, you become obsessed with it because you, you didn't have it before. You weren't really encouraged to do anything. So right. <laughs> that's one of the dangers of it. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many positives, but definitely, mm -hmm. you know, having worked with a lot of people in your industry myself, I do mm -hmm. see how that balance sometimes um, can be the challenge for many people, you know, and um, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's like anybody who, you know, tasted the fruit of success and then suddenly mm -hmm. it all comes. And usually when it rains, it pours. So suddenly yeah. success to the degree that mm -hmm. sometimes you're still catching up on how to, um, how to deal with it. But I've noticed that you've done really well with success. You know, I've been mm -hmm. uh, following what you've been doing and I see that not only are you um, not really stuck to any particular, you know, stereotype, but that you're always breaking any kind of stereotype, mm -hmm. that you're always trying to reinvent yourself. So tell me about that. How do you keep yourself fresh? How do you um, stay excited? And, um, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. It's really just, I think everything in life is a journey, even my even my, you know, uh, self-acceptance. I think, like, everything came one step at a time. And as a young, very, very young kid, um, I've always heard, because I was always very effeminate. So um, I, I've been hearing that even when I was, like, maybe, maybe five or six or whatever from my family members, that I was gay. So, um, but at the time, of course, I really didn't know what that meant. But um, I think the first time... I told myself I was gay was, um, I, I was in fourth grade, I remember, like, I had a crush on a male classmate, and that was the first time I was like, okay, I'm definitely gay, and then, back then, I really didn't have any reference of anyone gay who was successful, because what, what I would see on TV all the time was just that gay people were other, like, the lead character's best friend, or just, you know, some a comedy, like, a comedy piece in any, you know, any TV show. And I really didn't see any successful gay person on TV. So I was like, are, if I come out, am I just going to be that, the comedy piece on the side, you know? Um, and I didn't think I would have the same opportunities as, you know, those very masculine presenting um, male hyper-masculine characters that I would see on TV, you right. know? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, so in the beginning, you didn't want to admit it, right? You didn't mm. want to tell any about, anybody about it. So what changed? I think, because at that time, I was studying in a Catholic school in, um, in Cavite, in a province. So mm. um, it was like a very Catholic upbringing, I would say. And of course, all the teachers and all my classmates were also very that. <laughs> and... Um, so it was hard. Like, I remember being, uh, even if I, I, I hadn't come out, and because I was, I was quite feminine, um, even my teacher, I remember it was my religion teacher who, like, who was literally just um, discussing something about uh, the Bible and gave me a, as an example. Like, she called me out as an example of someone gay. And I was like, Wow. Me. Yeah, and, and it was just like everyone just like ignored it. I just ignored it, but it, I really could not forget it. I was of in first course. year. Yeah, that's, I was. That's trauma right there. You know, yeah. that's going to leave an impression when somebody does that to you because it's it's humiliating or like, yeah. you, know, um, you know, it calls you out on something that maybe you're not ready to, to talk about. Yeah, and it, it just further like pushed me in the closet, of course. Like, and I think... Um, Around that time, I like really just started just keeping to myself and not really um, as much as possible. If there are new people, I really wouldn't talk to them or wouldn't say much, just so they wouldn't catch that I had a gay voice or mm -hmm. I had like very feminine, um, you know, mannerisms and everything. So yeah. <laughs> okay, and so it must have been really difficult at that time. But how did you come out of that? At which point did you start to accept all these things about yourself that you were hiding from? Mm -hmm. you know, I perhaps? think it was uh, in when I finally went to university in Manila. Of course, it's a bigger city. I lived alone. Um, and I was exposed to like different kinds of people. Like, of course, in, in, in high school, I would only see that specific set of people because it was a small class. Like our class, our batch had like one class. Um, I mean, three classes of like 30 people max mm -hmm. in one class. 
So um, it was very, very few people and not very many gay people, of course. Like, But in college, in university, I met a lot of um, different people and I was also exposed to different forms of creativity also. So I think um, that together like really helped me kind of like see that, oh, look at this, like... Um, uh, gay person, he's running for a student office. So it's like, you know, it's someone like um, even like someone to look up to. And also I think by the time I reached college, like the, um, there's a tiny bit more representation in the media uh, of different kinds of gay people. Like I think that at the time there was already like queer folk and skins and um, those kinds of uh, TV shows really helped me, I think. Um, accept myself. That's why I always talk about representation in media because um, I think it's really important for people to see themselves in, in the media because as I think this generation now, especially now, like we always see like social media or even on traditional media, we always look to the people we see there. So, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you're not represented, then you almost think mm-hmm. that wh- who you are is wrong, you know, and I, and I see that. Yeah. And I, I think that makes me understand also why you are such an advocate for your for what you believe in. And I think it's incredible because that's what you missed probably when you were younger, mm-hmm. having a role model yeah. or having someone tell you that it's okay to be you, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to speak your truth and to, to be accepted for that. Exactly. So how did you um, start to gain more confidence in speaking out? Because I know like when I read um, some of your you know, background and I, you know, in, in many of your interviews, you've talked about being a very shy kid, you know, not someone who's going to go out and be very vocal about what they believe in, but, you know, everything I've been reading so far, you've really been just stellar in the way you've just been talking about your beliefs and, you know, bringing awareness and inspiring people. So what happened there? You know, where did this all come from? <laughs> Um, okay, so it's also a process, like a long process. So um, in the beginning uh, of social media, I really, I was just really using social media to promote my work and myself, myself, lol. But um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, it was a great tool for that. But um, uh, and at, in the beginning, I was also very focused on building a name for myself. So I really just thought about myself and also being in the fashion and entertainment industry, um, it's an industry where, of course, like gay people, it's very rare, a very rare industry where gay people are usually often celebrated, not just accepted, but celebrated. So I was very comfortable in in whatever, whatever space I was in, like that fashion industry bubble. I was very, very comfortable. Uh, so I didn't really think about um, other people's problems or anything. So I was just like very selfish, I would say. And then, um, of course, um, as social media became, you know, picked up and everything, and we spend more and more time in our phones and everything, I would read um, a lot about, of course, the struggles of uh, the LGBTQIA community. Plus, um, here in the Philippines especially, like, um, there's, like, just, like, a few articles that really stuck to me were, like, this article on Vice Asia about um, uh, Home for the Golden Gays, which is like um, a foundation which houses elderly gay people. And in the story on Vice Asia, um, it said that a lot of the gay people, elderly gay people in the Philippines often get neglected when they get old because like when they're young, um, they usually provide for, you know, all their nephews and nieces and whoever in the family. They're usually the breadwinners. They usually work... um, as drag queens or in beauty parlors. Um, but as they get older and they can't provide for their family, um, of course the family couldn't really provide for them anymore. Right. So they usually end up on the streets and everything. So And there are a lot of um, elderly gay people who are like this. And of course that affected me. And then there's also an article on CNN about growing up gay in the far, far provinces in the Philippines, how they're always subjected to being disowned or subjected to violence and things like that, you know, um, really like sparked something in my mind. Like, oh my God, I should do more because it's like I'm, I'm living very, very comfortably. And this was before I really knew about the word, you know, check your privilege. You know, now it's like a huge phrase now. But um, yeah, it really made me 
um, realize that I should speak up on these issues. But at the time, again, I would only speak up about issues about the gay community um, because that's what I knew. And I think before, before this whole pandemic happened, my schedule was really, really crazy that um, I would really have to devote time to research on, on topics that if I wanted to talk about it. Because I, I only want to talk about topics that I like I've sufficiently read enough information about. So mm-hmm. when um, the pandemic happened, um, of course, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have to be comfortable and have more time in my hands. Um, so that's when I started, of course, everything that's happening around the world. I started reading up on everything and realized that um, a lot of uh, misinformation gets spread around so easily. Um, yeah, and I mean, even people in my household here, um, they tend to believe the fake news they see on Facebook. So I think uh, me being very vocal now about um, a lot of issues, aside from those of the LGBTQIA plus community, is um, a reaction to that um, spread of misinformation. So I think... Um, I just wanted to combat that with information I know is correct. And if it reaches some people, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, then then good. I mean, we should um, focus on checking where our information is coming from. I think that's that's why I started being very vocal about issues now. And everything now is like related to each other, you know. I, I was just going to say that, you know, even though you've been talking about a couple of different things, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's very interrelated. And I know you mentioned mm-hmm. in one of your posts that it's this is about basic human rights. You know, this yes. is about, you know, things that we take for granted and we need to start, you know, looking at things again and, and, mm-hmm. and check ourselves because, yes. you know, we got to this point where this pandemic has caused us to kind of stop and introspect and relook at things yeah. and evaluate. And we, mm. we need to, we need to evolve from here, you know, otherwise mm. what was the point? Right. Yeah. True. I think, um, yeah, that the keyword now is like intersectional, like everything just intersects, you know, these, all these issues of black, uh, the black lives matter mm-hmm. the issues in Hong Kong are anti-terror bill. That's very controversial. And even just yeah. pride, you know, um, they're, they're, all, all of these issues are intersectional and it almost boils down to basic human rights. I love that. Intersectional. Yeah. I love that. That yeah. is just so fitting. Now, mm-hmm. um, I know that uh, you talked a little bit about rejection, okay, and how you were rejecting kind of who you were for a while. Mm-hmm. Once you started to accept yourself, what did you see shift in your work? Like, did you notice like opportunities or success? Did those things get impacted? Did other areas of your life start to get more, start to get impacted because you were accepting yourself more? You were kind of embracing who you are. Did you see that happen? Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, looking back now, like even when I started, like when I first came out, when I accepted myself a little bit more, um, just it's like everything just snowballed because I came out in university, in college. So um, right after I came out, um, me and my friends, we did um, a t-shirt business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that um, They were school spirit t-shirts, but at the time, school spirit t-shirts weren't really cool. So we made like cool versions of it. And that um, eventually led to us being featured in all the teen magazines. <laughs> so that's how I got into the industry because the editor saw me, um, saw my work on Multiply. <laughs> You remember that platform, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it really, it really did. Like, and every step of the way, like, um, and then when I accepted myself a little bit more, like, I showed it on social media, and then more opportunities came. I think it, it it's really connected everything. Yeah, because that's something I really want to share with listeners that, you know, a lot of people are so afraid to be themselves. They're so afraid to like love themselves, accept themselves. But at the end of the day, you know, the best way to make your life work, you know, to achieve your dreams and goals is to start with yourself. Like if you love yourself, you accept yourself. It's kind of like everything else seems to fall in place. Everything starts to work for you. And um, as a well-being coach, Mm. I do work with people on that. And that's what I see happen is, you know, like success Mm. grows. Everything works out when you start with yourself first. 
Now, um, for all these people who are still struggling with those things, you know, they're struggling with self-acceptance, self-love, they're, you know, struggling with, um, you know, their identity. What would you tell them? I mean, going back to everything you've learned, what would you say to them? That's always a hard question. <laughs> it's so hard to speak for everyone. Yeah. But, but, you know, like, as you said, like, everyone, I think, is afraid of, like, not just, like, people who don't accept themselves, but just everyone is afraid of rejection from their friends or their family, of course. That's, I think, always, like, the top of mind when mm -hmm. you think about coming out, at least. Um, and, um, I mean, it's, it's so cliche, but as you said, like, being yourself is really important. But what I can say is people should not be pressured by what's happening around them. Like, if you see a lot of people do these really grand coming out gestures or, like, grand coming out posts that they record online and post on YouTube, I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. It, you don't have to do it now, but you have to do it in your own time and you have to do it in your own terms. I think um, that's one important thing. And at the other and the next is if you're afraid of losing your family, and that could happen. I mean, most of the time, like it's most of the time, it's really just yourself fearing that, but sometimes it could happen. So it's important to find uh, your own family um, in like friends you meet. Um, that will accept you because I experienced that in high school like I had some friends um, I had one friend actually the first person I ever came out to um, just one person in high school um, before really coming out in college just one person in high school um, it, it wasn't ideal because she discouraged me from coming out so um, I mean there are always going to be people like that so I guess you should really find people who accept you for who you are and I, I mean me I came out to, to friends who I were I wasn't really that close with in the beginning and I think that helps like you know um because I think a lot of people are afraid to come out or afraid to accept themselves because they, they're gonna feel like the people they've been close to their whole lives they've been lying to them you know yeah. so I think yeah it's important to take it one step at a time yeah. and just do not be pressured <laughs> into yeah. doing stuff things yeah and i think you know what you're saying is really about finding your tribe you know mm -hmm. there, there yeah. are going to be people who may not accept you and it's mm -hmm. okay because you'll find yeah. other people that you can connect mm -hmm. with you know people who get you yeah. and understand you and Your i always find you know, yeah and you know i kind of went through the same thing bj because i was a different type of person i was like this very left brain you know mm -hmm. a type personality and then i got into like well-being and healing and spirituality and everybody that i used to hang out with you know they they saw me as like a party girl i had a ton of friends i was always out and then all of a sudden you know i'm talking about meditating and i'm talking about <laughs> you know it's like i'm speaking a different language to them mm -hmm. and i remember you know i lost a lot of friends i a lot of people thought I'm just weird and strange and mm -hmm. I found my own tribe I found people who who got me and understood me and mm -hmm. you know ironically all those people that thought I was strange ended up all coming to be my clients later on <laughs> so you know I kind of see that you know the way mm -hmm. things work out is sometimes yeah. it's, it's not about chasing the people who aren't going to love you back you know who mm -hmm. aren't going to accept you but find the people who will be there for you. And then, you know, everybody else will kind of come, you know, they'll all come along. You know, even your family, sometimes they're not going to accept yeah. you and they're going to reject you because, you know, they want to protect you. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. your family wants to protect you. They don't want things to be difficult. So mm -hmm. they try to make you do things that they feel is safer. Mm -hmm. And so they make it difficult for you. But then when you really prove yourself and you, you know, you do what you believe in, they come around too. And I've seen yeah, that. That's so true. That's right? so true. Yeah. And almost, yeah. almost like at the end of it, your relationship with your parents or your family who may have initially rejected you can actually get mm -hmm. a lot better when you're at peace with yourself. That's true. Like everything, right? I mean, it's so cliche, but everything really starts from yourself. From yourself. Like accepting yourself. Yeah. And that's really, you know, that's what this podcast is about. That's why it's yeah. about loving yourself it's all yeah. about you you know don't worry about other people it's about you know speaking your truth and being true to yourself so you know that kind of leads me into this other um 
question I wanted to ask you, which is about your identity. You know, how does one find their identity? You know, we hear about this all the time. You know, it's about finding your identity. So what does that mean to you? Um, I think how I approached this was um, like how I approached work. Because for a time, work was my priority, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so with the work, like with creative especially, like finding your own vision, like your own point of view, you know, in, in, yeah. in being creative. Um, I just um, really focused on like just kept doing things and like shooting things I liked and then looking back and then see like, and, uh, like assessing like these are the things I like and these are what I'm going to focus on. So um, I think with accepting yourself, I mean, it helps to kind of look back on on what you really liked and like also think of things you missed that you thought you liked. Right. So um, yeah, so I think uh, that's, that's how I at least um, learned to accept myself, like just like assessing what I really like because what you like makes you happy, right? So, right. Yeah. yeah so- what I'm getting from you is it's, you know, it's about your, your POV, your point of view, and yeah. it's about getting to know yourself. And the better mm. you know yourself, the more of your identity maybe you're able to, to share with the world, right? I think so, yeah. You're so good. That's why I like talking to you, Sataya. Because <laughs> I ramble a lot, and you really, like, put my thoughts into, like, perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, it's not that. It's because I'm listening. Yeah, at the yeah, end of the yeah. day, you're, you're great. You know, you're mm-hmm. speaking from your heart, and I love that. But I'm listening, so I can kind mm-hmm. of like summarize what you're saying, and that's yeah. really what I'm doing. That's so okay. good. You know, that's I, what I, becomes I, a third eye for. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Thank you. Actually, there was something else, um, BJ, that I wanted to talk about. It's something you mentioned earlier. And you talked about how initially, you know, you were using social media to promote yourself, to promote your work. And you mentioned that it's selfish. And then later you said, but, you know, you kind of then started to think about, you know, privilege and you start thinking about what you believe in and, you know, those articles you mentioned. But I, I kind of that jumped out at me because at the end of the day, like, I don't think that's selfish. And I think that's also part of the journey of loving yourself. I think mm-hmm. that you know, in the beginning, you have to think about yourself. You have mm-hmm. to be stable before you can go out and like save the world. Because if you're <laughs> not capable, you know, of... Mm-hmm. Today, you can stand up on a platform and you can speak mm-hmm. and people will hear you. But it's mm-hmm. all the hard work that you did until now that has given you this platform. You know, the amount of people that you can reach, you couldn't reach if you hadn't thought about yourself and, you know, reach this level of success that you have found. So I just really want to honor that and recognize that and make sure you know that, you know, you're doing more for Thank people you. Today than you could have done, you know, back then when you weren't in that position. So that brings me to, you know, something else that comes to mind. How do you handle or how do you stay sane in this industry of like glam and, you know, there's a lot of make-believe and there's a lot of, (laughs) for lack of better term, drama. So how do you manage? Make-believe is so true. (laughs) Because this, I mean... The fashion industry, especially, um, it all—it's always about what you like, how you present yourself. You know, it's all very surface, um, and you can find like really genuine people in this industry. But um, I guess what I always say is, 
surround yourself with um, people who are genuinely your friend, like people who you were friends with before you you got into whatever made you successful, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, I think that's what really helped me because my friends from before, they always ground me. Um, like they, they, sometimes they don't really have to tell me because I must admit there was really a time when I felt like I was the, the <laughs> like I was everything. Like I thought, yeah. oh, I was the shit, you know? But, um, <laughs> You can believe that, but um, <laughs> but my friends would always like keep me grounded, and I think that's important because it's it's th- this industry. You can really um, it's easy to be consumed by the industry because there are a lot of people, especially if you're like on the rise or something. There would be a lot of yes people that are gonna be around you. Everyone's just gonna say yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think it's easy for your um, for your had to be filled with these ideas. And at one point, you really start believing it. Because I remember in the beginning, I would always say, oh, I'm not going to turn up like one of these, one of those. But, um, and then you realize that, oh my God, I'm turning into, into them. That. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly that. So, um, so it really helps to have um, friends who, and your family, like a great support system. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and to know who are genuinely there for you, um, even when you don't have the things you have right now. Right. And how do you how do you listen to your own voice? You know, because I'm sure there are people around you who are telling you what they think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. How do you know who is genuine, and how do you sort of trust what you believe in? Or you know, how do you make sure that that is very much that integrity is still there in your work, in, in what you're doing. How do you make um, that happen? I think, it, I think it takes, I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer, but I think like it takes something like a turning point in your life. Like you really have to like get like a bump in the head or something to, to realize these things. Cause, um, I think it's really hard when you're in that headspace of, of, of being so into yourself. It's really hard not to want people to say yes to everything you say or not to want um, like, like people to, to get compliments every, every day. So um, yeah. I don't know. That's why I keep saying like keep friends who are your friends before, right. <laughs> before everything. So cause I don't know, like for people, I don't know. What do you think? I guess, yeah, I guess the the people you've been friends with will always tell you the truth. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll always, they'll keep it real and they'll, you know, they'll Mm -hmm. say it like it is. And I think the important thing is to be able to listen and to hear Mm -hmm. people, you know, and that's kind of the best way to to figure out who is, you know, who's really looking for your, for your benefit instead of trying to Mm -hmm. take or get something from you. Um, But I think you do pretty pretty well with that because I know that you do have um, a very good support system. It does. I do see that. And I I feel like you have strong friends that, um, that kind of share your point of view in life. And so I always say like surrounding yourself as well with the people who are similar to you, they're like-minded, you know, that helps too. That definitely does help. Now um, you mentioned also empathy a lot in your posts. Mm -hmm. And empathy is something that is very, it's something I really believe in, something important mm-hmm. to me as well. Talk to me about empathy. You know, I think it's, it is definitely lacking in the world right now. So how do you feel mm-hmm. about that? And how do you develop empathy? <laughs> this is another, how do you develop empathy? Okay. I honestly would not know how to, um, to answer that question, but I think um, I've, this word actually, like, I've just recently been referred to as an empath. That's why I researched the meaning of the word. Because I thought, like, sympathy and empathy, empathy were the same thing before. So um, I think just the, in basic words, I think just to put yourself, if there's an issue, put yourself in that other person's shoe. That's yeah. it. I think that's the basic um, <laughs> principle of it. And... Also, I think what you said earlier was important to listen. And I think it's important to listen to, to people 
aside from like people around you who agree with you, listen to people who don't agree with you because it, yeah. it's really hard to get stuck in an echo chamber of really? like people like you're hearing the same things and you start to believe it. So it's also very, very important to hear out what the other side has to say. And I think, yeah, I think you said it best. You should listen. No, I- I actually think you brought up a really important point. And that's that sometimes we also surround ourselves with only what we want to hear and we don't hear the other point of view. And Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's what it takes to bring us out of our little, you know, bubble Mm -hmm. of how things are to start, you know, stepping out of that. So I know that you mentioned um, a little bit about the two um, things that you read that really inspired you. Mm -hmm. So one was, you know, on CNN and then Mm -hmm. advice, right, about... Mm -hmm you know, what happens to gay people when they are mm-hmm. older and they have no one to take care of them. And I think that's a really good example of empathy because mm-hmm. you started to think about people and you're not at that stage. You know, that was, mm-hmm. you were probably, you know, doing really great in your life. You had all the support, you were at the pinnacle of your success, but to step out of that and to be able to feel what somebody else is going through, I think that's often the turning point for a lot of people. And that's when people start to, you know, they start thinking about what they believe in. They start advocating mm-hmm. for people who can't, who don't have a voice. And that's mm-hmm. what I see you doing is speaking on behalf of people that don't have the voice. So tell me about, you know, finding your voice. Like, was this something you planned to do? Like, was this something you were working on or did it just sort of happen where suddenly you had all these things to say and you wanted to say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really just happened. Like, as I said, I was super quiet when I was young, and I'm not, I'm not very articulate. So um, it's really hard for me to, to articulate my thoughts most of the time, because I'm really more of a visual person. Mm-hmm. That's why I got into photography. So um, it's really unexpected that now I just talk a lot. Also, um, yeah, it, it's, as I said, it's, it's, it's a journey that happened very, very unexpectedly. And I think everyone should also um, not be pressured. I mean, like me, I mean, I was not pressured by my friends or anyone to do this. So um, people, if you want to speak about, like you can start small, you know, talk to your friends or talk to, to whoever about um, like hard topics. So, yeah. um, so you get used to it, I think. <laughs> do, you, do you worry about, you know, what if someone speaks out against what you're saying? Like, what if in your mm-hmm. comments someone bashes you? Like, how do you mm-hmm. deal with the fact that not everyone's going to agree with your mm-hmm. point of view? And sometimes you talk about things that are controversial. Mm-hmm. And do you do you think about, you know, how you're going to handle it? Or have mm-hmm. there been situations where you've had to handle, you know, that kind of negative feedback? Yeah, I mean... Um, it started with work, of course, when celebrity fans don't like the cover I did, they would voice it out. But so I kind of learned how to like choose and pick my battles. So now with these issues now, the thing is, um, most of the people like who speak out against, if say some, you say something that's like even just slightly against the government, you know, um, they have troll farms now. So, like, it's really, like, you can, but you can check. I mean, you can check who commented that. And if it's, like, an account with zero posts, zero followers, and, you know, um, you know it's a troll. So I wouldn't really engage people like that. But if it's, like, people who are, gen- like, real people who have genuine, like, genuine opinions, I would really, like, if you look at my um, uh, comment section, I would really try to engage them um, into a conversation and see, what they uh, what they really think like and what 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 their side is and me sometimes i even go into dms with them so um and it helps to like as we said earlier it really helps to have some other opinions aside from the ones you and your friends have and um yeah i mean it's really about just choosing your battles like you don't have to fight every battle especially They're just trolls. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually noticed that, you know, I saw a lot of your conversations, um, mm-hmm. you know, with what people were posting. And I noticed, mm-hmm. like, your way is very, you know, you're very, you don't get, like, touchy about it or sensitive about mm-hmm. it. You're very matter of fact, you know, you address, you want to listen. And I think that's mm-hmm. the mark of someone who is open 
to new ideas. And, you know, you're listening, you're not just attached to the, your one point of view. And I think that's what I see sometimes is the pitfall for people who are, you know, they're, they're advocating for something or they are really passionate about their belief, but they don't want to hear anybody else's point of view. And then if you're going to reject everybody else's point of view, then you're back to square one, right? You know, you're doing exactly what you're trying to, you know, fight against. So, you know, I'm glad that you are listening and I'm, I, I definitely think that that's a good lesson for everyone out there who's trying to make a difference is it's not about just pushing your ad- agenda and your point of view, but it's about engaging in conversation. It's about starting a conversation. It's about, you know, sharing ideas with other people. Now, um, what do you think of everything that's going on in the world? I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier also Black Lives Matter, you know, what's going on in Hong Kong. It's like this intersection. So it's mm-hmm. intersectional. That was the word you mm-hmm. used. So yeah. what do you think is going on from a more um, global point of view? Why is all of this happening at the same time? Do you have a perspective or, you know, any ideas about how you're looking at that? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't really thought about it. But I think it's just that, um, like, it's just like, I think now's the tipping point. Like, everything just kind of happened, like, in the past, like, decade or something, past few decades. And everything is slowly, slowly building up to this moment. And little things that happened, like, what happened with George Floyd, and then the the pandemic, and then everything, um, all these... um, bills, the terror bills that are getting um, passed, right. not just in the Philippines, but even in Hong Kong, you know, um, it's um, it's just like everything just happened. I don't think, I don't think there was like a mastermind to all of this, but, um, you know, everything just kind of happened. And then yeah. now, of course, a lot of people have a lot more time now. <laughs> so, I mean, so a lot of people are really voicing out their own opinions. I think that's what changed. Because yeah. um, everything happened, the pandemic happened, a lot of people had more time, Everything is spe- everyone is speaking out. So I think that's what happened, but I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see your point because it feels mm. like it all came together. To, like, it was like a boiling point, you know, and mm. everything came at once. And I think that, you know, from my point of view, because I look at things from a much more kind of like well-being or spiritual perspective, mm. and I look at it as like all of this had to happen at this time. To, for change to occur. And we're seeing kind of that change. We're seeing that people are definitely trying to make better choices or people are asking for more. Um, you know, I, I, I watched um, a show recently. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Netflix. It's called Hollywood. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Ryan Murphy show, yeah. Right, and it's, it's amazing because it, you know, it's all about what life would have looked like if mm-hmm. change had happened, you know, 50 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. if, if black people had more respect, if they had recognition in the movie industry, you know, mm-hmm. years ago, things would be yeah. very different today. And yeah. I think that we're kind of catching up. There was a lot of things that needed to happen and didn't happen. And I think mm-hmm. that there are people now who are speaking up, you being one of them and a lot of other people that are really, you know, continuing to, to speak up about these issues because, you know, we'll go back to our lives and people will forget. And mm-hmm. it's these kind of voices that need to speak and, and, you know, to be heard for us to make sure that we do, that we are part of this change. So um, I definitely feel that you you are instrumental in making sure that these issues are still kept alive and that people are um, paying attention. Now, um, I want to move into a little bit more of a lighter note. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> tell me about your self-care ritual. Tell me what you do <laughs> to take care of yourself. Uh, okay. So in the beginning of the quarantine, I was really, how do I say, I was lost, I guess, because I was so used to being very busy that like being very busy that I really did not know what to prioritize Mm -hmm. doing absolutely nothing. So um, it was quite a shock for me. And I got like, I think I I went a bit crazy. I guess it was, I don't know, anxiety or something. (laughs) I did get a lot of anxiety in the beginning, but um, like my, like my sleep habits got way worse 
So I, I like I just thought of ways to keep a ritual, like like a a routine. I mean, so um, I started really really working out regularly. Like um, I was working out every day, um, and then just to keep my in the beginning it was just to really keep my sleep habits in check, my sleep pattern. Because mm-hmm. there was a time I would sleep at like nine a.m., ten a.m., and then wake up at like four or five p.m. So it was like really like it's like I had jet lag, but I was just here. So yeah. um, the working out was at first um, I w- just wanted a routine, and then I started adding um, meditation to it. Like I downloaded, well, I've had Calm the app. Yeah. Um, so I've had it for a while, but I recently um, re-subscribed to it, and it really helped me with sleeping because I, I take a lot of their sleep uh, meditations. And so yeah, I mean, and then I just started adding, adding, and adding. Like so, I started adding coffee in the morning, and then before working out, and then um, I started to also eat. Just really stick to eating, like my like healthy food uh, mm-hmm. and sticking to my macro counting kind mm-hmm. of because um, in the beginning um, there was panic right there was panic buying so in order to avoid that I only ate this specific amount of food so it was kind of like it was rationed so <laughs> now I'm so so now I'm so used to it now that I just eat you know what I need to eat um, right. and then yeah, I mean, just coffee, working out, eating, and then meditating. I think those four things have kept me sane in this this did whole it, pandemic. Did it help with the anxiety? Because I know, like, a I lot guess, of people were having sleeping issues, and that's really the yeah. anxiety because life just kind of, you know, fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Quarantine. Yeah, especially in, in our industry, like, we have literally have no work for, like, the past three months. Um, it's slowly starting to pick up now, which is good, but like it gave me so much anxiety. I was like, oh my God, is that it? <laughs> is that it for us? Uh, especially, if, I mean, um, fashion is not um, an essential industry. So um, yeah, that was, I think, very stressful. And I think meditation really, I think it really helped because I also did that like 21 days of abundance thing. For oh, a, with the deep for, chakra yeah, and opera, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. it was very, very, very helpful. Yeah, and it's only like a 15-minute meditation, but it can yeah. really, you know, do the trick. I'm actually... Yeah, I love the writing exercises also because it really... Because I, like, I just realized I haven't really written on paper in a while. When I started writing on a notebook, I was like, do I even know how to write still? But <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I actually started writing down recipes um, mm-hmm. to do something, you know, during, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of also come up with different rituals and routines. And that's what I always told a lot of my students mm-hmm. and clients that, you know, anytime things fall apart and you're just completely lost, start rebuilding your life like piece by piece, mm-hmm. routine by yeah. routine. Ritual is what will keep you grounded. You know, that's mm-hmm. what, will make, what will make sense of your life. And, you know, that's clearly a good example of um, mm-hmm. how that works. Uh, how about loving yourself, you know? How, what do you do to make yourself a priority? Like, I know sometimes you must be so busy, you know, probably not getting enough sleep. You're running from place to place. You've got so much going on. So how do you take care of yourself? How do you love yourself and prioritize yourself? And do you ever say, okay, I'm going to stop because I just don't have time for me? Does that ever happen to you? Um, the past few years, I would, but I... I- it happens like that, oh, I need a break. But what would happen was, and I only realized this recently, that I would take breaks, but it like wasn't enough. Like I would take like a week break or something. Or if I would go out of the country, 
it would eventually turn into a work trip, you know. So right. I really did not um, take enough time for myself uh, to really relax and reflect. I think that's uh, one of the important things that I realized in the past few months is that um, I really had a lot more time to reflect on the things that are important in life and the mm -hmm. things that really matter. There's a lot of things that, especially in my industry, it's very, uh, what do you call that? What's fleeting, you know? Like everything, ephemeral, that's a word, I think. Um, that, like, even the work I do, like, it's all, it's like mostly, um, well, most of the people don't see, most of my work is commercial. I don't really post my commercial work, but most of my jobs are commercial. I'm used to sell things, and they're very ephemeral. That's, that's it. I mean, once they're done selling that product, that's Goodbye, you know. So right. um, there are a lot of, and there are a lot of things in life that are ephemeral. Like, so um, I think you should really. Um, sometimes it's good to have those things, but you know, um, you should. Re I realize that you should really focus on things that are like important and um, are lasting. You know. So and when I think you a lot of people realize that. So when you said like you learned a lot of lessons and you know you 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 decided to or you understood what's important is that what you mean like it's really about finding things that are lasting like how would you um, summarize sort of the key lessons or learnings that you got from um, not only the lockdown but sort of from your journey in life? Mm, um, okay. I know it's a loaded question, yeah, and I'm uh, on the spot with this. Yeah. You know, like that's that's what's interesting to me is, you know, at the end of the day, when you look back, what did you learn? You know, what has mm -hmm. been the important lessons? Um, I think. Um, okay, number one is, of course, self acceptance is number one. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of what happens in your life and a lot of how you see yourself or how you see other people and how you see the world stems from you like accepting yourself and being comfortable with who you are. And then um, another thing is um, to not take yourself too seriously, especially um, when it comes to your career, um, especially if you work in like an industry like mine or actually any industry. Like... Everything um, that happens around you is—it's fleeting. It's, it's not there forever. I, I don't know if you saw that. Um, I don't know if it's a meme or—I mean, it's not a meme, but um, the the picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, mm -hmm. He was um, sleeping in a uh, sleeping bag in front of his statue that he had um, put up um, in front of a hotel when he was governor. Okay. And that hotel um, told him that, oh, you can stay here anytime you want because his statue is there, right? So after his, uh, his term as a, uh, as a governor was done, he went to the hotel and they didn't, they were like, oh, oh we're full, uh, we can accommodate you. Um, so, you know, it's like people only want you when they need something from you or yeah yeah or when you're on top so, uh, yeah when you're on top so um so that's when you so when you taste like a bit of success don't, don't take yourself too seriously you're not not everything revolves around you <laughs> and um remember to respect i think another that's another important thing i haven't mentioned respect everyone around you like everyone you work with um it doesn't matter if it's like a celebrity you should, or your assistant. It's just um, respecting everyone. And, and I think, yeah, self-acceptance self and respect are two important things I learned. Plus, um, not taking yourself too seriously. <laughs> I love that. I love the not taking yourself <laughs> too seriously because I think people really get caught up in, you know, mm -hmm. who they are and who other people think they are. Mm -hmm. um, when in fact, it's about, you know, understanding who you are, being yourself and remembering mm -hmm. that everything else is just on the outside. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, you know, you have to love yourself for who you are. Um, so thank you. You know, that was a really beautiful 
message. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners about, you know, your advocacy, about, you know, what you what you would like to impart or any advice you'd like to give your listeners? Um, I think um, we talked about a lot of those things, but I think um, for a lot of people, I think empathy is um, really important because um, as we said, with everything that's happening around us, um, it's easy to just dismiss um, other people's problems and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not affected by that. But um, as we realize now, everything is connected. So right. I think the more we put ourselves in other people's shoes, uh, the more we can understand what's happening to us around the world. And that is how we develop empathy. I mean, like spot yes. on, that's yes. what it's about, you know? <laughs> so that's amazing. Um, another question, BJ. So do you have any recommendations that you want to share mm -hmm. with people? I know you mentioned the Calm Meditation app. Anything mm -hmm. else that you think um, people who are on this journey of, of uh, well-being, personal growth, transformation, anything that you particularly like and you want to recommend or share with listeners, any books, resources, anything top of mind? Mm -hmm. Do you have anything you'd like to recommend? Um, what should I recommend? I can't think of anything. Maybe because I'm hungry. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But, okay. but, but wait. Um, I don't know. Working out. I don't know. Yeah, working out. And you mentioned um, nutrition and diet, which I thought was pretty yeah. good. Really talk about that. Mm -hmm. If you want to say anything about about that. Um. Yeah, I mean, working out. Like I do spin classes because now spin classes are all like online, so it's easier right. now. I, I, I'm not particularly tied to a one-spin-like studio, but I think um, the ones at Red Revolution, they have on-demand classes, so you can take spin classes anytime. Um, okay. But both like Red Revolution and Paragon have um, live spin classes because if you're more into that. That's why I turned my room into this. So it's like a spin studio now. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, healthy eating, I think um, now it's easy um, to, to make your own food, to know what you're really eating because we're all at home. But at the same time, we should also support other like small businesses now because there are a lot of people putting up small, especially food businesses now because a lot of, um, I don't know about you, but food makes me really feel good. <laughs> but, me too. Yeah. That was the highlight of my lockdown because it was like, okay, what are we going to eat next? You, you should know? share your recipes to me. <laughs> oh my God, I will send you amazing recipes. Okay. I, but yeah, I mean, much. Yeah, now I do. Um, so since I'm doing like my usual food, which I usually enjoy, I like, actually really enjoy what I eat every day, even if it's the same thing. But every Sunday now I do um, mukbangs, like I to help small businesses. Mukbangs are like videos of me just eating food. Right. So every Sunday I do um, mukbang videos to help small businesses. Like I like now I have like uh, scheduled mukbangs until. Uh, August 23, every Sunday until wow. August 23. Because a lot of people have been like requesting to feature their products. And I really want to help as much um, people now, especially since like I, I don't know what the government is doing and now they want to tax. Right. They want to tax um, online sellers now. And most of um, people, the people are using their using the online platform to sell things because they don't have any other source of income, income right. now. So, right. um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I think, my own little way of also giving back. Yeah, so as, <laughs> as a responsible citizen, you know, every one mm -hmm. of us can do something to promote. Yeah. Now, I know I read somewhere people that some people were talking about how if we're going to go on holidays, like, don't go to other countries. Like, you know, just be in the Philippines. You know, we need to kind yeah. of back to the islands we need to do yeah. our part to kind of jumpstart yeah. our economy. So yeah. that every every bit counts, right? Yes, every little bit for counts. Sure. Okay. Well, I just want to say that this was an amazing episode. I I was really um, moved by so many things that you said. And I think that a lot of what you said really is relevant and will resonate with so many people. So BJ, thank you for everything you've said. Um, I'm, I'm really uh, happy to uh, share everything that we've shared over this conversation. I think it was a great um, learning experience for everyone who's listening. So do you thank have you, a final thank you for having me? 
You're yeah. welcome. Any final message um, that you want to say, you know, ask your ask our listeners to maybe um, follow you, anything that you would like to say and, and give your details so people can soak in a little bit more um, about what you want to say. Yeah, so if you want to follow my social media, it's at DJ Pasqual. If you want to watch my eating videos, <laughs> help support small businesses, go to my IGTV. And I'm going to have a YouTube soon. So I hope when this episode comes out, you can um, <laughs> you can check my YouTube. And also, I want to thank you, Sanaya, for doing this. I mean, I really, really enjoyed this um, live session with you. I mean, I felt like um, we were together in, in Third Eye again. <laughs> and I, but I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much thank for you. everything you said. Um, I really learned a lot today from you, actually. Um, like you, your words really always really calm and really puts things into perspective for me. So um, thank you so much for that, and I hope Aww. to see you soon. Oh, it sounds great! Thank you, BJ. Thank you for joining me this week for another enlightening episode of the Project Loving Myself podcast. I leave you with our Project Loving Myself thought for the week. If you are searching for someone to change your life. Take a look in the mirror. And with that, it's time for me to bid adieu. Follow me on Instagram at Project Loving Myself Podcast and Project Loving Myself on Facebook. You can also find me at Sanaya Gurnamal. That's S-A-N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L on all social media channels. See you next week for another episode of Feel Good. And don't forget, you are loved. Make sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms so you won't miss an episode.